Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 132 of the Caesar Show. We're back and we're excited to get into some more content. You know, the NBA is slowly winding, winding down. So got to definitely enjoy these next couple of weeks with the NBA finals as well, too. But before we get into today's hottest topics, I always like to rehash last week's episode. So on episode 131, it was Terrence Whaley and Carl Conyers, and we were reflecting on round two, uh, breaking out of conference finals predictions. It looks like Carl's always right. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and obviously, uh, Jowick Returns movie um, as well, too. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my co-host, Carl Conyers. How you doing, buddy? You know, just uh, trying to recover from a good holiday weekend. <sighs> very, very good holiday weekend. I appreciate, like I said uh, before we started recording, the you know your your second annual cookout. So that that was uh, that was great. Yeah, man, out there on the grill all damn day, but <laughs> it's definitely worth it. So yeah. So if you guys need someone to hold it down for you, here's your guy right there as well too. Terrence Whaley couldn't make it today. He's in New York. Um, long distance relationship. So just want to say what up to Terrence and uh, we definitely miss your energy here as well too, but hopefully we can, you know, get through the episode and whatnot as well too. So we can go ahead and get started, man. Just reflecting on the Western Conference Finals, first and foremost, Nuggets ended up sweeping the Lakers 4-0 in the Western Conference Finals and advanced to uh, their first NBA Finals. They outscored the Lakers by an average of eight and a half points per game and shot better from the field and the three pointer, three point line as well too. So about four, almost fifty percent from the field and forty percent from three, which is insane. Nikola Joker Jokic was an MVP of the series, averaging twenty seven point eight points, fourteen and a half rebounds, eleven point eight assists, shooting fifty percent from the field and forty percent from three. He also set a record for most triple doubles in a single postseason with eight. And Jamal Murray, who shocked me the most. 33.6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2.8 steals, 1.8 turnovers, 53% from the field, and 41% from three, 95% from the free throw line, 50, 40, 90. These look like D-Way's numbers from 06 finals. It was ridiculous. And obviously LeBron James was the only bright spot for the Lakers and averaged 28 points, 10 rebounds, 9.5 assists per game, um, and had a playoff uh, high in game four of 40 points as well, too. So... Carl Kanyas, man, what, what was your, your thoughts on, you know, your expectations versus reality with this series, man? Um, I think I definitely didn't think they were going to get swept, I feel like. Uh, but I definitely thought the, the Nuggets were going to win. To me, they're just like the better team. Uh, they've been the best team in the league all season, to be honest with you. And that's not even to be honest with you. That's like what the record indicates. <laughs> so, yeah, nah, it, I was surprised, honestly, by how close all the games were for the most part, but also that made me have even more faith in the Nuggets going to the finals because they closed out every single game. Like, every time they needed buckets, they got them from somebody, and that's also the thing. It was, like, from somebody. You know, it wasn't always the same person closing out for them. Um, so it just they just kind of flexed their depth throughout the series, and, um, yeah, no, it, was, it, it was crazy for sure to, to see the Lakers go out like that, though. Yeah, like you said, I, I didn't expect it to be 4-0. I think I believe I had the Lakers in seven, my predictions as well, too. And I think Terrence had Lakers in six as well, too. So, boy, were we wrong. But what was funny is 
my gut was telling me like, cause we recorded last episode after game one and we were recording last episode during game one of the Eastern conference finals. And just from watching game one, like I kind of had a feeling it was going to go into the, the nuggets favor, but I was just like, man, let me just go to Lakers. Like you still got LeBron, you got AD, you got all this depth. Like I, I, I love the nuggets. And I remember earlier, I don't know if you were on this episode or whatnot, I said they can get as far as the conference finals, but I just I just didn't see them sweeping them, which was was crazy as well too. This makes me think about the coaching and just the late game execution and also Anthony Davis as well too. I mean, what were your thoughts on Anthony Davis this series? I mean, A D was A D. I mean, this is this is one thing I will give him is like for the most part, even the games where he quote unquote disappears, he's usually still really good on defense. Facts. Um, but that to me, there was I think there was like one or two games in this this series where he really wasn't that great on defense either. Um, and so you just can't I don't know, bro. You just can't do that. He's the most inconsistent superstar I feel like, um, and I don't know, bro. Like I get. I know we're going to talk about it later, but, like, mm. I get why LeBron would think about retiring <laughs> because I don't think they're going to be to get off of AD, you know. Mm. Um, and he's just not – it's proven plenty of times. Like, it was like, okay, I'm supposed to be able to pass the torch on to you and you carry us and do whatnot, and he just has never been able to do that. Yeah, it's crazy because the last time these guys matched up was in the bubble. But, like I said, this was, this was, was before, you know – Joker just turned Super Saiyan God. <laughs> um, so I thought this was going to be the series where, you know, AD was basically going to play a little bit more consistent since from a defensive standpoint, Joker isn't all the way there. But if you're making him get get work the whole time, he won't have that much. But like you said, this proved to us that AD is, like you said, probably the most inconsistent superstar in the league. So hopefully he can do some soul searching and, and figure some things out as well, too. Um, Real quick, mm -hmm. I just want to say, too, uh, so many people were saying, well, the Lakers are going to win because this is the same team from three years ago. But it's like, to me, one, it's not because they have there's different pieces for sure from each team. Facts. But also it's the point of like the Nuggets are getting older in a sense of like reaching their peaks. Yeah. Versus all the players on the Lakers are getting older in terms of past their peaks. Past their peaks, yeah. And that that makes a difference. That those three years, especially in like basketball, I didn't see I'm a Ramonte Ellis turned thirty and all of a sudden couldn't play basketball anymore. Mm -hmm. Like in the NBA, bro, two, three years if you out of your prime really makes a difference. Wear and tear, yeah. And I was also shocked about I mean, were you shocked about D'Angelo Russell? Because it wasn't there wasn't there a stat like if he at least gets seventeen points they win the game or something like that. That mm -hmm. shit was crazy. D'Angelo Russell sucks. In the <laughs> like his playoff numbers are all awful. You yeah, look at the, look at the, the Nets era. Yeah, the percentages that when he shot when they made it to the playoffs with the Nets, the percentages he shot when they made it uh, with the Timberwolves, and then again this year. Mm -hmm. He can't play defense. There's a reason why he keeps getting traded all over. Um, and it just, it, I mean, it just proves what it is. Mm -hmm. nah. I also think, and, uh, you know, I don't want to take anything away from him, but I also think it proves if he wasn't in – the New York market, he probably wouldn't have made the all-star team either. Oh, yeah, and he was in the Eastern Conference as well, too, you yeah. know. So it was always a lack of guards over there as well, too. So, yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. It's, it, it's a lot different when 
you're on a team with no expectations, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I was definitely shocked as a as a third option. He was going to kind of play like that as well, too. I kind of wish that Rui Hachimura started from the get-go. Um, maybe that would have helped make a difference as well, too. But, yeah, just a lot of things to kind of think about um, within that series as well, too, man. Uh, how do you feel about Darvin Ham? Um, you know, for it to be his first year as a head coach, you know, starting off what three and ten, and then you know making the play-in, and then getting to the conference finals. Um, I think Ham overall did a good job. I think um, being able to just kind of get your team together after a start like that, and incorporating all the new guys, and getting players to kind of like play in their role, um, and some of the changes that he did end up making in the series were good. But this was also his first year as a head coach, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's crazy. First-year head coaches get fired all the time. But Especially I think – black. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, there's going to be some growing pains. Most – nine out of ten coaches are not great in their first year. You mm-hmm. know, but that doesn't mean that you can't become better. Um, and luckily he has LeBron, which helps you win a lot of games too. So, I think he did – Okay, you know, he definitely hasn't been as bad as uh, Missoula or some of these other <laughs> coaches that were in the playoffs, so. No, nah, no, nah, that's a fact. I agree with you as well, too. Um, damn, man, like, if, if if this proved anything this year, it's like LeBron, obviously this nigga's been playing for 20 years, but he can't turn on that switch all the time, and he, I don't think he can be a number one option anymore. So, yeah, you're just looking at and point at AD, you're just like, dog, I gave you this, and you can't help me close? Like, that shit was sad, bro. It's kind of yeah. sad to see. Especially when he uh, had 40 the last game. And especially because of that last game when he had 40, he scored 30 in the first half. So he only scored 10 in the second half. But it's also like, I'm honestly, it's literally what Jamal Murray did. The other, I think that was maybe game three. He scored 30 in the first half and only had seven in the second half. But his team was like, okay, you carried us throughout the first half. We got you. Mm-hmm. Bron carried them in the first half, and then the team just was looking back at him like, we, we were your other 30 at. Like, yeah. damn, think I'm 40 years old. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think LeBron, some of his teammates let him down. Austin Reeves didn't, though. Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves, Reeves the best story from this series for them. Yeah, honestly, as well, too. Damn, I, I'm curious what uh, Terrence would think with all this as well, too. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm about to pull up spot spot rack right now, spot rack right now, um, and it looks like going into the 23-24 season, uh, the only players that I think are signed are LeBron James, who is going to be 39, is going to basically make $47 million. AD is going to be making $40 million. Um, Vanderbilt, 4.6 and they have a guy named Max Christie as well, too. So, like, if you're the Lakers, I mean, you got obviously some decisions to make, but if That's you're putting so your GM crazy. hat on. How much, like, LeBron is making is his leaving, No, is leaving on the table. If Jalen Brown is about to be making $60, 60 million, million, that means LeBron easily could have asked for upwards of 50 in his last deal. Oh, yeah. I definitely, like, that's basically what Kobe did during that time when – before inflation happened and all the revenue, I think he last two years where it was making like 25, 26 mil at the time. Yeah. And then people were like, bro, why don't you, you know, do what Dirk did, do what Tim Duncan did, and you can take a little bit less. It's like they are build. taking less. Yeah, they are technically taking less, yeah. But 
just at that age making that much money is just like damn especially with these new restrictions that are going to be in the place yeah. it's like how how much can you build knowing that you have Anthony Davis who's injury prone and knowing that LeBron James is probably realistically not going to play 60 plus games ever again may not play back to backs like that as frequently as well too so what do you what do you do with the roster moving forward you know I mean look Palenka I will say earned his stripes this year because that team was trash, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, and he got them together. Um, I think it's the formula to build a successful LeBron James team has been the same since he was a rookie. Uh, so I think it's not necessarily something that's super difficult to figure out, but for some reason it's something they didn't really want to do. Uh, I think that going into next season, like for sure they got to retain Hachimura and Reeves. And then after that, like, it's really just get three and D shooters. Like, look at what KCP was doing for the Nuggets. He was mm-hmm. doing that on their championship team. You know, like, you need the good, the people who can just go, okay, like, guard, get you some buckets, maybe get hot. Um, but, yeah, like, dudes like D'Angelo Russell and uh, <laughs> I can't, oh, Troy Brown, a bunch of those, <laughs> like, you know, they, they don't. Also, bro, Mo Bamba, like, I remember before game four, in game three, they was like, oh, Mo Bamba's nearing the return. Like, he are, and he's active for game four. Didn't play that nigga. And they didn't play him in the regular season either. Uh, so, yeah, no, nah, there's just, I think there's a, a good amount of pieces that they could potentially move. And then also, like you said, they have a bunch of people who are going to be free agents. So they should have, like, at least their mid-level or something like that where they can get some. They could get like a like this year. I think Bruce Brown is on like an eight or nine million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. But like there's there's going to be someone out there. They just have to actually go and get them. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think, like I said, I don't like LeBron at that age doing so much um, on both ends of the floor, but more so on offense. You know, being that primary playmaker and also being that number one option. You know, if if they do keep him, they do keep AD, obviously, um, and Reeves is there. Do you think they can? You th- do you think there's a scenario where LeBron steps back as a number three and they give AD and Reeves that number one, number two keys? I think Reeves is a really good player, but I think for me, it's too early to say that he's going to be a number two on a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see. He's only gotten better, so I think that you know. Hopefully he'll show some more signs this upcoming year. Yeah, but I don't see LeBron as a three right now, mm-hmm. especially when, especially when he, whenever he does, whenever he goes to his like effective moves, they're still as effective as ever. Um, and then also when you have AD, where it's like this nigga's not gonna set the tone, so somebody has to come out here and do it. Yeah, ah, man, that's gonna be tough as well too. Um. <laughs> LeBron James, obviously, at, at the podium, looks like he was comp- contemplating retirement as well, too. I mean, do you see a, a scenario where he does retire? I mean, that's two years. I know he's made billion, like a, a billion dollars already on plus off the field, off the court together as well, too. But I don't know. Me, if I got two years left on my contract and I'm making 100 mil plus for those two years, I'm not leaving that on the table. But then again, Money isn't everything, but if you, how do you feel about that 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 whole situation with Bron? I don't think Bron is getting ready to retire. I think um, <clears throat> he's just at that age where now, like for instance, Tom Brady. I think it was maybe like three or four years before he actually retired that like he 
started kind of like talking about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's just like LeBron is 38 years old. I've been in the league forever. I do. It is something that now I'm going to think about at the end of the year, and that's what he was saying. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's at that point yet um, where he's going to retire. I just don't. I don't really see it as feasible, especially not this upcoming season. We'll see. Maybe you know this upcoming season he tears. You know, of course, I don't want this to happen, but like tears mm-hmm. ACL, something like that, and I could understand him wanting to retire. Yeah, but as it is right now, I mean, yeah. What about you? <clears throat> mm, no, I don't think he retiring as well. Too, he just obviously upset. Um, and like you say, he's getting older. He's probably going to have some off-season ankle surgery as well. Too, that's something that we don't talk about. Um, so I think he's going to be there for at least two more years. I think as he's getting older now, um, obviously one of his biggest goals was to be one of the first players or the first player to play with his son in the league. But I think it's to the point now where he doesn't even like that was that was always a dream for him. But I think like he's accepted that that that's okay if even Bronny needs a little bit more time as well too. How you feel about Bronny? You think he's gonna? I mean, I know he's gonna get to the league, but do you think he's gonna stay there more than a year? Oh yeah, no, I think he'll definitely. I mean, look. Austin Rivers got drafted high where he was at and pretty much stayed around because of who he was. Uh, I think that Bronny will – and I guess I say that, like, of course Austin Rivers kept himself in the league. I don't want to take that away from him, but I think he was given more opportunities than some other people would have been. Yeah. Um, And so I think it's the same with Bronny. Like, he's – people aren't going to just quickly give up on LeBron's son, especially if, say, LeBron – for sure, like – his first year LeBron is still there, but say, like, his second year LeBron is still there. Mm-hmm. That's just going to, like, if I keep Bronny on my team, then who knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If if the Nasus and all the Antetokounmpo brothers have spots on a roster, bro, like, I definitely think Bronny, who, all by all accounts, all the scouts are saying, like, he looks at least like a role player. So Yeah. I always thought Giannis's what's Giannis's brother's name that's not the one on his team, but the one that was on the Lakers a year or two ago? What's his name? Alex. I always thought he like had the frame, the DNA to be decent, especially under Coach Phil Handy. But it's, uh, some people just don't want it. He was supposed to like he was. Uh, I thought he was gonna be like a diamond in the rough, and he would be a huge piece moving forward for the Lakers, dog, or at least trade bait or something. Yeah, because the other two brothers didn't really have any like hype or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But Alex ended up going to school in the U.S. I'm pretty sure, and so like he had a decent amount of hype, and they were saying that he was good. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, one, he might not have been trying to grind as hard, but also it is opportunity. Like, that's what people don't really realize is that, say, Giannis gets drafted to a team that doesn't really care about developing their players, um, then, you know, and no one ever takes the time to actually, like, work with him and have, have a Jason Kidd and all these other people, like, help build him up. He might have been out of the league in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Nah, you're right. That's crazy. I mean – I don't want LeBron James to essentially, you know, have his career be taken away because of injury. I want it to be something where he goes out on his own terms. I mean, you think that you think that's probably I feel like he's gonna be able to retire on his own terms. You think so? Yeah. I mean And when do you think is enough for him? Like what is enough for him? Because he doesn't have anything to prove anymore. Um Yeah, nah. I don't know what's going to be enough for him. I think it'll really just be a point of, like, when he knows I can't really dominate this game anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think we're ever going to see, like, a 10-point per game LeBron James. Like, nah. I don't think he's going to stay that long. Um, 
So, yeah, I feel like it'll just be as long as, like, I can actually physically be out there and be able to play at a top 15 level. That Yeah, that sounds reasonable as well, too. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think he's going to at least play two more years. But um, after 40, I, I can't see it. But never say never. It's a lot of weird shit. And he has the best uh, body workout plans, everything. He, he, has, he has access to everything. I think at this point, though, it's becoming like he's still his body's in great shape. But I think just in general, as you get older, you just do not have the same stamina. And mm-hmm. That is what is showing itself in all these games. You yeah. know, like if this was five years ago, he probably could have dropped that other 30 in the Even second. Three half. years ago. probably. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's like I if when he puts in a lot of energy and effort, you can just see it yeah. um, like when he's. When he's, like, beginning of games or when he's, like, conserving his energy, he's still him. But, yeah, you can just tell, like, especially on, like, a lot of times on defense and sometimes on offense, too, he's just, like, resting. Mm-hmm. Where you didn't really used to see that. Yeah. That, see, that, and that's the thing. That's why I wanted them to – that's why I wanted AD to fucking play dominant, like, how he's supposed to play. And I always wanted them to have another form of a legit, like, scoring option like that. Because, like you said, as you get older, you can't – your body just – gives up on you to an extent so it's gonna be interesting to see you know what lebron wants to do and and, and how the lakers re retool their roster as well too so i'm, I'm definitely going to be um you know keeping my eyes on that especially when free agency comes about as well too so reflecting on the eastern conference finals the number eight seeded miami heat went up against the number two seeded boston Celtics in the eastern conference finals and the heat shocked the world and were up three games to zero against the Boston Celtics, and the Celtics were able to force it to a Game 7, um, and the Celtics ended up losing Game 7, 112 uh, to, I believe, 88. This was the least amount of points that they've scored in a closeout game as well, too. Jimmy, or Hemi, I actually heard he got, he had trademarks. Trade yeah. <laughs> what was it, Hemi Buckets? Hemi, Hemi buckets? Yeah. And then what was the other one? I don't remember the other one. Yeah. I remember just seeing Hemi Buckets for, Damn. like, merch and yeah. coffee mugs. I meant to freaking send that to you guys in group chat. But, um, anyways, Jimmy Butler uh, became the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, um, averaging 25 points per game, eight rebounds, six assists. Another notable player, Caleb Martin, had a coming out party, 19 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, two assists, and shot 60% from the field and 49% from three, which was ridiculous. Tatum uh, finished the – the series with 25, 10, and 4, obviously in game seven, within the first couple seconds, he rolls his ankle and isn't, you know, quite the same. And Brown is under investigation for fraud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> average 16.6 rebounds, five assists, 41% from the field, 16% from three, four turnovers a game. And like Carl said before, everything started eight turnovers in an elimination game. And obviously, they were also saying Brogdon had somewhat of an injury as well, too. Man, what were your thoughts on the entirety of the series? I believe, I think you say you had the Heat in six, um, and I had the Boston in seven. I think uh, I think Terrence, did he say he had the Heat in seven? I want to say. But anyways, I owe Terrence money. Not money, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, a free meal from our favorite spot in K-Town, Slurping Ramen. So when you come back from New York, I got you. But Carl, <laughs> what were your thoughts um, on this crazy roller coaster? ebb and flow of a, of a series, man? Uh, I think it showed that if the Celtics had the same, 
Huh? You mean you don't go? No, well, uh-huh. yeah, that, that <laughs> probably. But they, I think that would have gone into it. Like, yeah. if the Celtics had the same locked-in mentality that the Heat had mm-hmm. and were playing with the same effort, they would have won. Yeah. Then they probably wouldn't have gone to seven games. But they just weren't. Like, I, I think they were playing almost like they were just expected to beat them as well. Um, and then it's like, okay, we got our act together. But it's still hard to beat. No matter how things are going or you, you guys are playing, they're playing, it's hard to beat a team that just beat you three times in a row, four times in a row. Yeah. And that's why it's never happened. Never happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, they just got themselves down too deep of a hole and uh, was talking hella trash, too. Like, don't let us get one. All the, Like, all right, bro. Mm. Um, so, yeah, nah, they, they, uh, they just, I don't know, bro. They just didn't have it. That's crazy. Like you said, they clearly from the top down were the better team. Like, if you would have told me that Caleb Moore would outplay Jalen Brown, I'd be like, are you smoking crack? Yeah, Jalen Brown was out there just hand- – like, here's here's the ball. <laughs> I, I know they just passed it to me, but you're on the other team. I want you to have it. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't dribble where – I saw this earlier because I know on the last time, like, we had talked about how Jalen Brown can't dribble. <laughs> But I saw Shannon Sharp earlier was like, I found someone with worse handles than Westbrook. And he is correct. I <laughs> know you said that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> At least Brown isn't a point guard, but still it's like for him to be trying to dribble as much as he does, like it's one thing to not have a handle like that. Okay, then you don't do things that you can't do. But he'd be acting like he has a handle when he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And like six out of those eight turnovers were literally just him trying to go left to right, you mm-hmm. know, like, just trying to cross over, and they was just, like, cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> I think, you know, they're they're probably gonna split these niggas up. <laughs> you think so? I think so. Because it would have to be a signing trade. Yeah. I, and I, in a perfect world, and I said this too, sorry for cutting you off, I, they're, they're not gonna do it. I know he's a little bit more injury prone, but the fact that he can dribble the ball and facilitate and, and he's getting to the point in his in his career where he can control the pace of the game, if they can, mm-hmm. now nah, I was going to say oh. Kingram, Brandon Ingram. Oh, dang, yeah. That would be kind of lit. I mean, you lose a step a little bit defensively from him, but I'll, I'll, I'll take everything else. But I think that would be – like, they could figure it out. Mm-hmm. But now you both your stars are wing players. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you just need. I just feel I want. I feel like we just don't really see that. Yeah. It's usually either like you know, a guard and a wing, or a wing in the center, or a guard in the center. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like combination of them. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see just kind of like how that would play out. Yeah. Um, them playing so close together, but. I mean, it definitely wouldn't be bad because I think. His, clearly, his contract is way better than what Jalen Brown is about to get paid. And I think that that's just going to – they're going to have two guys on these crazy contracts, and they're not one of the – they're in this – of course, it's still Boston, but I think they're still considered, like, a small market, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they just don't have as much money. I don't know. I, I just think that uh, it's clear this isn't working. Those two don't really have any type of synergy especially in their play styles. They don't really complement each other. They kind of just, like, each do what they do, and then it happens to work a lot. But mm-hmm. when it gets to moments like this, I think it just kind of shows. Okay, and then you're saying the, the two-forward model doesn't necessarily work. It's kind of weird because he's considered a shooting guard, but they're, it's, it's weird. 
But yeah. anyways, um, and having said that, what do you think would best complement Jason Tatum? Like, what position? Um, pause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's good at the. F- I mean, I think his natural position is the three, but he's also good at the four. So, mm-hmm. like, do you want a dynamic guard playing with Tatum instead of Brown? Or yeah, well, I guess. So I wasn't saying I was saying the two wings in terms of Ingram and and uh, and Tatum and Tatum. Oh, yeah, okay. I know. Yeah, Brown is, is he plays the three sometimes, but yeah, he's a two. Um, I think that just another star. Um, yeah, some probably a, a point guard would be good because I, I think Marcus Smart's done there too. Either done or at least go back to coming off the bench. Just being defense versus trying to like be the starting point guard yeah. of the team. I just I don't really see that for him that much. So uh, yeah, I just I think uh you know especially a star center would be great. There's just not really a lot of great big men. Like I wouldn't want Cat. You know like mm-hmm. some of the big name big men aren't really that good. So especially when it matters most. Exactly. How how about like a if you replaced um Robert Williams or yeah I guess because they play the four and five right together. What if you replace Robert Williams for like Miles Turner or something like that? I would try and if I could replace Al Horford with Miles Turner and keep Robert Williams, Mm -hmm. because that would be crazy. Yeah, I like that too. Or I mean, I think Brooke Lopez a free agent. He is. That would be a fire um, addition, or maybe like a. I know he's not the best defensively, but I think he would complement Tatum Vucevic. Yeah, I don't. I don't trust Vucevic either. Yeah, I don't. He's good. Like you're saying, like he's really good offensively. Mm-hmm. I think it just showed when they put this team together in Chicago. Like these big names should be playing better than they are, but none of them is a defensive player at all. Mm-hmm. So, and then you lose Lonzo. Into yeah, it. it's just crazy. They've had so much. The Celtics and, and that dynamic duo have had so much success going to multiple conference finals, had a finals appearance together, and. You know, people are talking about they they more than likely can't coexist. So, and saying that, you don't think there's a chance where they can win a championship together? I mean, if you were to find a way, like, say there's some star uh, who's still, like, on a rookie deal or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that you could put another really good piece to them next to them. And, and yeah, potentially. But with the way that the landscape is right now. Yeah. And especially with, like, yeah, the new CBA uh, coming in next year. I just do, I think that they have maxed out their potential. And it was great, clearly. You know, like, they've been to a lot of conference finals. They've been to the finals once. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and because he made, and because Jalen Brown made All-NBA, he's entitled to the Supermax as well, too. But, yeah, we were going over those numbers. It's ridiculous how much money you're, you can earn nowadays. But if you're the, if you're the GM, because it's Brad Stevens now, right? Yeah. What do you do? You, you going to pay him that? I mean, you don't, have a, you don't really have a choice because you don't want him to leave for nothing. Yeah, no, you definitely can't lose him for nothing. You either have to sign him or either sign and trade or sign him and wait maybe till like, midseason or something like that to find a trade. Or sign him and play out this next year and then find it. That's the, that is the good thing about it is, like, they're still young as hell. You know, yeah. Like, the only old player is really Al Horford, I feel like, on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So they still, in that regard, have, you know, time to figure things out, I feel like. But I think it's just when you've seen a sample size like that from them, it's not like it just doesn't feel like they're really knocking on the door, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of Jamal Murray and Yoke, you can say like, okay, well, they've been at it a while, too, and this is their first time breaking through. But it just feels like they were kind of building up this whole time versus like, and of course they have gotten better, but it really feels like Brown and Tatum have kind of been at this same level for a while. And yeah. then they just, yeah, so. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And also, if you're the GM, what do you do with uh, Sir Joe? Because it was, this, I mean, he's been under the coaching staff, but this was his first year as the head coach. Um, I mean, I guess credit to him for, even though you're not supposed to be down 3-0, to come back and force a game seven, I thought was great. But how do you feel about Joe Missoula's status and, uh, you know, him um, being a first-year head coach this year? I'll <laughs> say if they do end up getting rid of Brown, I could see a situation where they fire him just like, okay, we're restarting and stuff like that. But otherwise, like especially if they do keep Brown, I think like we were kind of talking about, like, he's a first-year coach. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't. Sup it's another thing to be a first year coach. It's another thing to be one when you weren't mm -hmm. supposed to be one at all. And like, Damn, he, yeah, you know, like the whole thing <laughs> with Ime, um, Damn. And honestly, I I was reading and it goes even deeper than that. Like, I think there were two like cause he's been on the coaching staff since last year under Ime, And there were two other assistants that were ahead of him. But both of them got poached by other teams this offseason. So. That also de facto moved him up to number two when he wasn't I, – I think he just wasn't really prepared for that yet, just experience-wise, uh, and then all of a sudden got moved to one. So it's kind of like he really went from four to one. Didn't um, know that. Yeah, so, I, you know, he just had to learn on the fly. I think that he did a lot of things that it was clear that he was a first-year coach. But uh, at the end of the day, he still got his team to the conference finals game seven. Mm -hmm. And they still had, like, the second-best record in the league. Yeah. Um, and did a lot of good things. So, I wouldn't – unless you're trying to, like, restart things, I wouldn't get rid of him because it's also, like – if you have championship aspirations, you can't just – you know, like, it's, it's still, to me, bad that they fired Bud, but at least it was, like, okay, that was, like, four or five years in or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't think with, like, a championship team you can just keep firing and hiring coaches. Yeah, yeah. You can't keep niggas on payroll, too. Um, cool. So, uh, we, we finally on Thursday, we'll get, uh, our version of WrestleMania, <laughs> the Nuggets versus the Miami Heat game one. Obviously the Nuggets have uh, their better record, so they will be hosting at the mile high, but the Nuggets and Heat, I think in the regular season faced off with each other twice in the regular season. And the Nuggets won both games. And then to take it a step further, I don't think the Heat have beat the Nuggets since 2016, which is ridiculous. Um, their first meeting was, uh, I think, yeah, December 30, 2022. Devin Nuggets won 124, 119 behind. Joker's triple-double and KCP splashing in 20. And uh, the second game was March the 10th, 2023. And the Nuggets won, um, again, 113 to 108. So it seems like the games have been pretty close, um, which is awesome. Nuggets finished, obviously, the regular season with the best record um, in the Western Conference. And the Heat, obviously, we know about their Cinderella story. Started off as a playing team, had the 7th seed, lost to the Hawks, got the 8th seed. 
Um, four won the Bucks, which was shocking. Uh, got rid of the Knicks in six, I believe. Um, and then we're up 3-0 and, 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 and eventually closed out um, the Boston Celtics. So they beat two teams who had the best overall record in the NBA, which is kind of crazy when you think about it as well, too. Um, so shout out to, you know, Coach Spo and Jimmy Butler for, uh, you know, shocking the world as well, too, because um, we ne- we've never seen anything like this before as well, too. So um, this will be the first time, you know, the Nuggets have went to the NBA Finals and the first time that the Nuggets will be meeting up against the Heat in the NBA Finals as well, too. So it uh, looks like the Nuggets are by the odd makers, by Vegas, the favorites to win the series. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens as well, too. What is, uh, you know, the break? What's your what's your breakdown of the series? How it's going to go? The keys to success? All that stuff. Uh, I think going into this series, the importance of the regular season actually kind of comes back into play. Mm-hmm. I think that in these first several rounds in the playoffs, at least for sure, in my opinion as well, it kind of felt like the regular season didn't really matter much in terms of like the seeds that were advancing. But now that we're at the end, you can see like the path that the Nuggets had outside of, even though they swept them, I think the Lakers were clearly a good team. Yeah. The path that the Nuggets had though overall was easy because it's supposed to be. You're supposed you're as the first seed, <laughs> the team with the best record, Thanks. you get to be on the side of the bracket with all the worst teams, and the Heat. As the eighth seed on their side of the bracket, like you just said, had to play all the best teams. Yeah. So, and then now going to a game seven, I don't think the Nuggets' longest series was six. Six. Yeah. yeah. So, five, six, four. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think that, uh, you know, we kind of saw it last year in the finals with the Celtics in terms of just like they had two game sevens in that run, I'm pretty sure. And, they just seemed tired and out of gas by the time the finals came around. Mm-hmm. And to me, honestly, I was starting to see a little bit with this Heat team in game six and seven. They, they already kind of seemed like they're tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, hopefully, I mean, they have a couple of days off in between games. So we'll see how that goes. But I do think just the the road to the finals is going to be something that plays a big role on, on uh, each team and how they perform. And... I think the keys to success really is, are you going to be able to, (laughs) is Bam going to be able to do anything to slow down Jokic? Because AD honestly really couldn't, but at least he could block his shot. Bam is little. Mm -hmm. He's not about to just off Burt, you know, be able to to block Jokic. So I think like the way that he's going to be able to hold his own against uh, Jokic is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I just know I've uh, all I've been seeing since the Heat won is that like Jokic is about to <laughs> go for fifty on Bam every night. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen because if it does, I think that's that's really it. But I think also the you know how your other people play like Jamal Murray still has to play at a high level. Maybe not specifically those same shooting splits, but if he plays, I feel like if him and Jokic play the way they played last series and your role players, Michael Porter Jr.'s and KCP's and Aaron Gordon's, like, give you decent games, then I think that they're definitely going to win the series. Mm -hmm. Um, The only flip side to that is if the Heat kind of play how they were in their first several playoff games where it was just like they just couldn't miss. (laughs) And they were doing that for several games at a time. So 
I think that is, you know, it, aberrations like that, then it's, it's really hard to beat. But otherwise, to me, they just, they already look kind of worn down. So, I don't know. They, they're going to have to try for sure to keep them, like, off the boards um, and just limit a lot of their, like, open looks off of Jokic. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, bro. I can't even think of a lot of it's. It's just going to be tough for the Heat. And I... Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe they'll shock the world and, like, again, someone's going to have to – Jimmy Butler's going to have to have some crazy performances, I feel like, to make that happen. Yeah. But uh, if they do, then they do. Yeah. Nah, man. Um, series is going to be interesting as well, too. Part of me wants to say that the Nuggets are going to win in five, but just going off of – I know the Celtics were a little bit inconsistent this year uh, – Bucks obviously Giannis missed like two and a half games or whatnot but to beat the two best teams in the league um tells me a lot so I think Jimmy Butler alone can win you one game and I think Coach Bo can have a game plan cooked up to win one game so I think right now I'm gonna say the Nuggets are gonna win in six but like you said you have to kind of look at which team has the least amount of red flags, kind of like when you look in the date, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like you said, the Nuggets from day one have been the most consistent team. I mean, they had a small moment when they had a little skid, but they've been pretty relatively consistent. So I'm looking at consistency. Um, coaching is going to be definitely very interesting as well, too, because uh, he, he's definitely going to go up against, if not the best or one of the best coaches in the NBA right now. Mike Malone's going to go up against Spo um, compared to Darvin Ham. Obviously, the piece is a little bit different, so I'm excited to see uh, what the adjustments are going to be as well, too. Um, you know, coming out of timeouts, coming out of halftime. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens as well, too. I know the Nuggets really haven't gotten that zone thrown at them that way as well, too, so I'm also curious to see how Joker's going to react. But Joker's one of the, if not, like, behind Braun and, like, CP to the world is probably one of the smartest players in the league. Um, so I'm going to be curious to see uh, how Joker responds to the zone and how long it takes him to respond to that zone. I think with, I think AD is a better rim protector than Bam, but I think overall defensively, like how Bam is able to switch one through five, I think I'll, I'll give him a slight edge. But like you said, he's not as big as AD, so um, he's going to have his work cut out for him as well too. If Bam can play how he played when they went up 3-0, where like he's getting the ball from the rebound and, and – going straight attack mode. Um, you got to you gotta find a way to try to get Joker and Foucher, but I just I don't really see that happening. Like, especially as the series went on, like you said, when they got worn down, they weren't really getting that many free throws. Like, game seven, they had, what, attempted six free throws, I think? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, what's going to come about that as well, too. But like you said, both of these teams are the best three-point shooting teams throughout the entire playoffs. So, if Miami can shoot lights out, it's going to be real crazy. And I'm also thinking, too, like, no one's been there before on the Denver Nuggets as well, too. Um, and that's not to say that they won't play well, but I'm curious to see if well, MPJ. KCP. Um, KCP's been there. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. KCP's been there in the bubble. Yes. Um, so I'm curious to see, like, who's going to play well, who's not going to play well, like, do you think KCP is going to be consistent for a seven-game series? MPJ is going to shoot lights out. Aaron Gordon is going to give you that as well, too. I'm pretty confident with Joker, obviously. Um, I'm pretty confident with Murray. Um, but with Murray, you got you to gotta make him work, too. I feel like no one was really making him work too, too much in that series as well, too. So 
I'm curious to see uh, when he gets any switches on to him, how that's going to be. And the Lakers really weren't getting Joker in too, too many pick and rolls like that. So I want to see if they're going to attack Joker a little bit more um, this series as well, too. They also said Tyler Hero is going to be back by game three as well. I know he's going to kind of get thrown into the fire as well, too, but I think you're going to need someone who can score the ball. How efficient is he going to be? What is he going to give you defensively? I'm not quite sure, but that's definitely another weapon that you can, uh, you know, definitely give, you know, 20, 25 minutes to see what he got as well, too. So I think right now I'm going to go with the Nuggets in six just off the respect of the Heat, um, their culture, their their tenacity, their togetherness, their will to win. Um, but the Nuggets are, are just a better team, and they're not going to make as many bonehead-ass mistakes as the as the Boston Celtics. So I got the Nuggets in six. Uh, how many games you got? Because you've been, uh, you've been right all this damn time. <laughs> man, yeah, I definitely got the Nuggets. And I'm, I want to say five. I think the Tyler Hero coming back is going to be more of a detriment. Mm-hmm. He's really not. He's really just not that, bro. I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Jordan um, Poole last name. Yes, abso- absolutely is what he is. Uh, and also you can look at like. That first year in the playoffs when they went to the finals in the bubble, he shot 43 from the field, 37 from three, and averaged 16 points. Since then, the next year in the playoffs, he averaged 31% from the field, 31 from three. Oh, he only got swept by the Bucks, yeah. <laughs> next year after that, he averaged 40 from the field, 22% from three. So, and that was nine points and 12 points respectively. So, like. He also got injured last year, too, right? Um, I think maybe at the end of Towards it. The end. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he played um, against Boston or maybe played one or two games. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, he just, to me, whenever whenever they have needed him for a bucket, I have not seen him hit it, mm-hmm. which is also something why I think that Austin Reeves' value is going to be so high because every time they needed him for a bucket in this series, and honestly throughout these playoffs, like when you found him open, he was hitting the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, he – Hero is a huge defensive liability. He's going to be coming back off an injury. So I think he's also the type to be hunting for his shot. Mm -hmm. And the way that they've been able to play right now is so synergistic. And, like, for instance, I don't think you have a Caleb Martin last round if you still have Tyler Tyler Hero. Hero. Mm. Because, you know, he doesn't have the confidence to be shooting those shots. He doesn't have the opportunity to be shooting some of those shots. Um, So I don't know, man. This is the – Tyler Hero played one game. This is the team that made it to the finals. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if throwing someone in, especially in game three, is going to be good for them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they've gotten this far without him, so. Yeah. We'll see. I, I can just see him taking, like, Max Struess minutes or even Duncan Robinson's minutes. Or He would definitely take Duncan Robinson's minutes. Mm-hmm. But Duncan Robinson ended up hitting some really good shots for them. And I think Duncan Robinson can actually play in this series um, as well, too, especially with them playing so much goddamn zone. Um, and now I'm thinking about, like, who do you match up on who, too? Obviously, Bam's going to be on, um, on Joker. Gordon's probably going to be guarding Jimmy. So Michael Porter Jr. is probably... Who he gonna guard? He gonna be on on Caleb Martin, and then KCP is gonna be on Gary Struess and then Struess. Jamal and Gary Vincent maybe. Yeah, 
So um, they're gonna have to use up today. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and also Miami Heat is the best team. Um, I think they have the best uh, differential off points of turnovers. Um, and I, but I think the Nuggets are one of the best fast break teams. So it's gonna be a a very interesting series. But I feel like the Nuggets, like you can't really stop them from scoring the basketball. Um, so I'm gonna be curious to see where the Heat are gonna get their points from. Yeah, that's really the thing of like the Heat when they well not always because they've been <laughs> really high from three in a lot of these games, but sometimes yeah. it feels like it's taking a lot for them to like you know they have to run x amount of plays or something like that to get things off. Yeah. Versus the Nuggets, I feel like they're just they score with ease, um, and they clearly have a lot more offensive minded uh, players. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy this uh, series well too. I really thought it was gonna be the Celtics. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong, man! That's what everybody was saying. Rim. Like, you know, the NBA was trying to fix some of these games so we could get Celtics Lakers, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, they couldn't even they couldn't do nothing with the way they was playing. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely um, I hope it's I hope it's a great series. I, I think it's at least gonna be. I think it's going to be competitive. Like, 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 even though the Nuggets swept the Lakers, that was still a good series to watch because it was so close. So, even if it's lopsided in the win uh, disparity, I think it's still. I think it should still be relatively pretty close. We're gonna see how the altitude is game one, and boy, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But I feel like Jimmy, them, Jimmy, and he gonna be locked the fuck in. Like I can, they've stolen. They've stolen home games from all these top teams. I, I can definitely see them pro- potentially splitting one game in Denver. I say I mean, one game in Denver, one game in Miami. That's it. There's a – we have to get a Jimmy performance one of these finals games, you know. I feel like there has to be one game where he just wins them the game. So yeah. that could be game one or two. That's, mm-hmm. that's really going to be – they. I, I don't think, you know, the Nuggets are not the Celtics. You're not. You're not going to be able to – lose um or to beat them at home yeah you're gonna have to win your home games and uh well i guess i say this it's not gonna be as easy for them for you to beat them at home you're gonna have to win one of these home games you're not gonna be able to just win all the ones on your own court mm-hmm. <coughs> so no nah, it should it should be a good series man i'm, I'm looking forward to it so i, I think right now because earlier today I said them in five, but I'm going to give the Heat a little bit more respect, especially with their journey they've been through. So I'm going to say Nuggets in six. Um, and then you said how many games again? <laughs> That's tough, bro. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with five. Nuggets in five. Nuggets in five. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first by Carl Kanye's Nuggets in five. Coming down to seven, though, because I want to keep watching basketball. Me too. (laughs) Seven. Are they going to have more break in between these days, or is it going to be every other day? I think it'll probably be two games, two days in between some of these games. At least for travel, two days, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I remember the finals usually would be like, I I remember getting to a point where I'm like, dang, where the game? Where, you know, (laughs) when is the next game going to be? So, yeah. And it's always a blessing, like, since I've been on the East Coast my whole life and I've been here the past two and a half years, like, to watch basketball early and still have a little bit of time in your day. 
it's clutch. So, and I think the games are starting earlier than they were um, in previous years too. So, one thing I wish in a perfect world, um, for halftime we can still get the TNT crew. That would be fire. Yeah, they done. That's they just done. sucks. All going fishing. All going fishing. So, <clears throat> last topic. Um, Nick Nurse over the weekend uh, became the new coach for the Philadelphia 76ers. So, new coach for the Philadelphia 76ers is Nick Nurse, who guided the Toronto Raptors to the 2019 NBA title. And he reportedly agreed to become the new coach of the 76ers. Um, after choosing Philadelphia over the Phoenix Suns, he will replace Doc Rivers, who uh, <laughs> could not take the 76ers past the second round yet again of the playoffs. Um, even though they had, you know, Joel Embiid and James Harden as well, too. Nurse obviously is known for his unorthodox and creative strategies, as well as his connection to the 76ers president, GM Daryl Morey, who hired him to coach the Houston Rockets G League team in 2011. So some notable coaching stats for Nick Nurse in 390, 390 games as the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. Nurse won 227-163, had a 58% winning percentage during five regular seasons at the helm, including a pair of his first place finishes in the Atlantic Division. In his five season leading the Raptors, Nurse made the postseason three times and won a title in 2018-19 um, as a first-year head coach. Um, and they missed the playoffs, obviously, in 2021-2023. Um, and then he has a six, uh, 61% winning percentage in the playoffs compared to Doc Rivers' 51, 52%, obviously. Doc Rivers play a little bit more, so it's going to be a little bit lower. And uh, in in 2020, he was named Coach of the Year, uh, leading the Raptors to a 53-win record as well, too. Um, And he also set the franchise records for points per game, assists per game, and threes made per game in his first year as the head coach for the Toronto Raptors. Um, What are your thoughts on Nick Nurse becoming the new head coach of the Philadelphia Process 76ers? I think, um, especially because, yeah, the report said that he turned down the job in Phoenix to take this one. Mm-hmm. I think that that makes a lot of sense because, one, KD and Book, especially KD, but also Book, are very injury-prone. And then you just don't know the state of that team at all. Like, DeAndre Ayton definitely doesn't want to be there. Chris Paul clearly doesn't need to be there. Um, so you don't even kind of know what's going to happen there. And I know, of course, you don't know what's going to happen with James Harden, but I feel like that's just kind of more pieces. Then you throw in the injuries. Then you throw in the West. Like, why would I go to the West where all of these teams look really good versus going to the East where, of course, this year, like, the Heat made it in. But outside of that, it's really, like, the top three teams that people are worried about in mm-hmm. the East. So, and you get to be one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think that that, just, that decision made a lot of sense. Um. I mean, we'll see what he's able to do. I don't necessarily know that Nick Nurse is an amazing coach mm-hmm. because um, you already had me, a well-established team. You LeBron yeah, leaves, he, you, he, and you had Kawhi. He had a well-established team. He had Kawhi. That was that was a huge part of it. Um, but then also, the, to me, the big part is like. That finals, I think, I feel like everybody knows, like, you don't win that finals if KD, if KD doesn't tear his Achilles and then Clay, Clay tears his ACL. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have two of the, especially at that time, two of the top 15-ish players in the yeah. league go down with season career-altering injuries mm-hmm. um, over the course of that series. And honestly, it was still kind of a series after that when it was just Steph by himself. Mm-hmm. So I just think some of the ac- some of the postseason accolades he has 
um, or has aren't really they don't hold as much weight as necessarily like all his regular season stuff. That's real. Mm-hmm. Can't take anything away from him there. Um, but yeah, I just think that, you know, you took Kawhi off that team and that next year they were still pretty good, but they didn't really do much in the playoffs. And then since then they just have been kind of an average mm-hmm. mediocre team. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see. This is again, I guess clearly he did prove that he could win with a star player. So now yeah. he'll back to be having a star player and we'll see, you know, how that works out. But I, I just don't think to me, Nick nurse has made his mark in the NBA. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like I, just don't know if he's not the type of person where, like, for instance, when you got Doc Rivers, even though it didn't end up happening, you feel like, okay, I can win X amount of games or he's going to help us go far. Um, it, You know, there's some of these – when you get a Monty Williams or you get, like, some of these other coaches, like, you kind of feel like, okay, I don't really – I don't feel badly with Nick Nurse, but I definitely just don't have that same, like, positive about it. So, mm-hmm. that to me, is really just going to be a, a toss-up. But I think everything – with them still hinges on and it doesn't get no not even that like it doesn't get talked about as much anymore because he's definitely doing better in terms of his health but Joel Embiid like again this postseason he was injured and he was (laughs) yeah bro and he wasn't playing like you know MVP I'm averaging 32 32 and 12 a game Mm -hmm. and then now I'm in the playoffs and I'm averaging 22 and like eight and that in itself, like, it don't matter how good you coached up. If your MVP is playing like a guy who might barely make an all-NBA team, how are you going to win? Mm-hmm. So, we'll just see, man. Hope that I, I hope for Nick Nurse's sake that he can stay healthy because I, I really think that the Sixers go further if Joel Embiid is actually able to play like how he played during the regular season. Yeah. And I think then probably Doc Rivers doesn't get fired. Yeah, and uh, there's also been a lot of rumors that uh, James Harden was the mastermind behind getting Doc Rivers fired. I know Doc Rivers has a history of just blowing leads, and he hasn't got out of the second round in a long time. But like you said, your players at the end of the day are the ones on the fucking court. Um, and if they played better, they could have won Game Seven. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And no one's talking about this right now. So and then they get blown back in Game Seven too. Yeah. Fifty ball at Tatum. <laughs> oh yeah, he did snap on them, bro. Mm-hmm. And then you got James Harden, who gave you two good, two great games. Great games, yeah. And then two games where he like is this D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. you know, like so. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious, like, like you said, obviously you you have a little bit more of a certainty and a, a better a better trajectory for success being in the Eastern Conference like you said um, but do you think he got the job in mind like knowing that James Harden is going to go or stay like how do you how do you feel about that um, I I mean I hope at least maybe that he has some type of inside insight on that but it, by all accounts it seems like James Harden wants to be somewhere else yeah uh, so you know I hope that he this year is is a it's a player option he has right yeah so he can leave decline yeah mm-hmm. so you just gotta hope I I don't know who they replace him with luckily the good thing is they only traded Ben Simmons to get him you know so it's not like you lost like a whole lot but um, that, did they do they still have their draft picks or they, they I'm sure they Brooklyn? probably had to attach some picks or something yeah. to it yeah yeah but overall just not as bad as you know 
losing him, and then you had already traded Maxi and a bunch of other people to get Harden, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think at least if he does leave, that frees up like thirty-five or to forty million in cap space. Mm -hmm. Potentially they could go grab somebody else. Yeah, I don't really know. Like I will say, like Dame, he's someone. In a perfect world, definitely want Dame there. But I wish Dame was there in the first place over Harden. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just don't know. Those are two players, though, that, like, Dame doesn't want to leave Portland. And even if he kind of does now, they definitely don't want to trade him if they don't have to. And Joel Embiid is not leaving Philly. So I don't know how they get on the same team. But, uh, yeah, I feel like that's that's really the match that's made in heaven. Mm. <clears throat> I, I don't really see a lot of, like, I wouldn't want to replace James Harden with Jalen Brown, um, some of these other players. I don't really know who's, like, available that would be a good fit next to Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like Brandon Ingram with a lot of teams, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. But uh, I just don't know, though. Do you think that he – because, one, the good thing about James Harden and Joel Embiid is they're, again, like very synergistic. Like I'm averaging 11 assists because I'm running pick and rolls with you. Like, I can get you your spots and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Brandon Ing Ingram, like, he, he definitely has uh, a good handle for his position and also is a good pass for his position, but mm -hmm. he's not that, mm -hmm. you know. So I don't know if he necessarily elevates them past where they were at with James Harden. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, he can definitely – they'll still be a good team, mm -hmm. but I just don't know in terms of, like, fit for the team mm -hmm. unless you may be able to, like, flip Tobias and some other – stuff for you know like a another guard or something like that but yeah um, yeah i just don't i don't know if if ingram is the one to kind of get them to the next level yeah. yeah yeah that's also true as well um i think you i think you gotta try to find a way to flip tobias and then like you said if it's if all signs are pointing to james Harden wanting to leave and he opts out um Maybe you have to try to do a sign-and-trade. Uh, so I would definitely try to move on from those two for sure because James Harden's proven you, you can't win with him. Yeah, no, you just you can't trust him. That's, that's like, what it be is, like, I can't <laughs> trust you. To, and then you also want to complain, like, one of the reasons that, that he was saying he might leave is, like, I want to get back to playing my, my style of basketball. You but can't, it's like, like, he's delusional at that point. Well, to me, it's also, like, your, one, your style of basketball – never won you anything like you just put up a bunch of points and also to be honest with you it really hasn't won a lot of players anything like you look at kobe when he averaged 35 the team was not good mm -hmm. michael jordan a lot of his higher like when his when he averaged 38 that team was not good mm -hmm. you know like it that is not usually conducive to winning and especially when we look at a lot of these teams that have won recently like they play within a flow. It's not just one guy running the show the entire time. Mm -hmm. So you basically saying that, like, I can't learn how to play off of another great player, to me just proves that you, you're just probably about to go somewhere just to make money and put make money for yeah. the rest of your career. Which yeah. is cool if that's what you want to do. But what you want to do, yeah. <coughs> yeah, man. Um, I, think it, I think the 76ers reached their peak, honestly. Even with the East being still sort of wide open, I, I just don't. I just can't see it right now, them getting to the conference finals. I think they'll still win 48 to 50 games, but I, it's just so many red flags with them. So, Nick, I'm happy for Nick Nurse, but uh, only time will tell, I guess. I, 
I just don't believe in the 76ers anymore. And I just think they're really, like, not to go too deep on it, but the injury stuff again, like, Joel Embiid is only, he's getting close to 30 now. You know, because, like, we forget he missed, like, came first in. Two yeah, seasons. he missed his first two seasons, and he was already, I think, like, 20 or 21 or something like that when he first came in. So it's like he's only getting older on these already terrible knees. <laughs> and to me, it's like they're wasting his prime years already. Like, I really think this window is, like, one to two more years of him playing at this very high level. I think he could still be a good, you know, player for a long, for a decent amount of time, but I think that stuff is going to start taking its toll on him soon. So within one to two years, like what Shaq was when he went to Miami or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Something like that where it's like you're still good, but you're not the best player on your team probably. You're a best player on a really good team. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, okay. Uh, any any closing remarks for episode 132? Uh, I was going to do real rare recap, but there's not much to talk about, you know, right now. So we're going we to hold real rapid cap for, for next episode. Yeah, you know, it's kind of all uh, everything is going to once the finals is over, that's when it's going to get. I will say the NBA has done a really good job I'm staying of relevant year manipulating round. the, yeah, the media <laughs> cycle year <laughs> round, like whether it's free agent bomb, like before even free agency starts, like the bombshells of people find their options, doing this, that, when free agency does start, trades, draft. So we, yeah, the draft coming up soon. Draft coming up, yeah. Um, all of that. So, and Summer League will be soon enough, too. I kind of want to, I want to go to a game in the Summer League since Vegas is only four hours drive. Yeah, yeah. Like How, they're not that expensive, are they? I never, I never check. Yeah. I hope they better they not be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch a bunch of G League players. <laughs> So no, yeah, I, I, I'm uh, excited to see this series. I think that regardless of how short or long it is, that it'll be a good series because the talent on the talent that Denver has is undeniable, and the heart and the grit and the coaching that uh, the Heat have is undeniable as well. So I, I, I don't really see a lot of blowouts mm-hmm. in the series. Yeah, which is you know all you can really ask for. Yeah. Nah, very well said uh, from both sides. So I, I was really fucking with that. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 132 of the Caesar Show. Make sure to subscribe on all platforms at the Caesar Show at Sir Caesar at Car Conyers. We are out.